podcast that helps you return to yourself and to your desires so you can live the exact life you want. This is for you if you're ready to make major changes in your career, in your relationships, or within yourself. While I am a therapist, this is not a substitute for going to therapy. Hello. I'm so excited to talk to you now. Everyone now is joining us on the podcast. Hello Hello. and welcome to Return. Thank you for having me. I'm so stoked that this is working out and so happy to be here. So thank you for sharing your space with me. So you and I met in a group coaching program that Josie Rosario runs. Shout out to Josie. Mm -hmm. It's a coaching program for therapists. Many moons ago, this was like, what, a year and a half or more? More? 2021. August 2021. (laughs) Crazy. Oh my gosh. So we met there and we just Mm -hmm. have... Sagittarius vibes and all of the things <laughs> since then <laughs> in the chaos in together. the chaos um, and I really wanted you to come on because I want people to know more about you and the incredible work that you're doing in the world and I feel like it hits all of the work that you're doing hits at such an important time you know that I really focus on which is that late 20s early 30s and the Saturn return time but the work you're yeah. doing is is important for everyone. And I'm really burying the lead. So Mao, tell everyone a bit about you and the the work you're doing in the world. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So hello, I am Mao Beckett. I am currently based out of Guam, but I'm originally from Massachusetts and I'm a child of immigrants and refugees. So I'm, I guess, first or gen American, depending on how you look at it. So I am a licensed clinical social worker, by trade, I guess, but I do one-on-one individual therapy and coaching. And I just kind of started inspired by Dr. Mullen of Decolonizing Therapy on Instagram. Love her. Really like see myself as a, a psychosomatic spiritual therapist because I feel like that encompasses like what I bring in in the framework of of my type of work which I focus on decolonizing mental health and healing in addition to liberation centered work and I know it's a lot of big like buzzwords but essentially what what that looks like in in the client work is really helping folks divest and unhook from these like oppressive systems that they weren't even aware of, right? Of like capitalism, patriarchy, misogyny that has been so internalized that that they oftentimes don't see them as victims of it, but we all are in one way or another because of just the modern world that we live in. So a lot of a lot of discussion is based out of that. And the transformation is essentially like finding ways to navigate and actually living a life for you rather than being a hamster in the wheel of productivity that never ends. And I appreciate this because I am a victim. (laughs) Raise your hand if you're a victim of Regina George. Me. A hundred percent. Us. Regina, um, she got Regina me. George is a no. Yeah, so like, so I can, I can absolutely like speak and 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 really like be there and say like I I get it again. Not not the same experiences at all of everybody, but you know what I mean. Like I like really sitting with the like lived experience, and I think that you know Caitlin and I really 
shared our passion of like being those type of therapists and, and supporters and healers of like, no, we fucking get it. Like we're not in a pedestal. Like we, we've not, we would, it's, we didn't study these theories and know like, nah, we've been in the motherfucking trenches. <laughs> like right. that is barely right. made it out. <laughs> Listen, I feel like we were in an- another space just today sharing and actually talking about this exact thing of like looking at the systemic hold that you know Mm -hmm. even our fields is under that was the conversation earlier so yeah you just bring like such a fresh breath of air to this conversation and this work and it's so important to hold in mind all of the systemic things that are at play for folks. Cause a lot mm-hmm. of times people, my clients, I'm sure your clients will say things like, well, I don't know what's wrong with me. And 95% of the time it's like, it's not you. It's the system. I mean, that yeah, could be the title you, of the episode for this. I, I love that. It's not you, boo. <laughs> not you. It's the system. I have so many questions for you. One of the things that you talk about really is self-care and taking a more systemic Mm -hmm. lens to that and really Mm -hmm. radical self-care under that umbrella, which is something that I feel like pops up so much in our late 20s and early 30s is like that we're moving away from what people told us we wanted for our lives, what the system told us we should want for our lives. And we're moving into what we want and what we desire, Mm -hmm. which is really what this podcast is about. What does radical self-care mean? Yeah. Tell everybody, what does it mean? Yeah. So I I started feeling some type of way and very like turned off when I saw self-care being promoted because I recognized that it was being very commodified and it's still very commodified and, and capitalized in a way that still perpetuates capitalism and productivity. Right. So again, like the work in radical self-care is finding things that that help you take care of you, not to make you more productive, not to even make you a better parent or a partner, because when we do it in that guise, then you're still not putting yourself first. You're not getting to the root of it. And I really love the word radical because one, it has kind of like a badass space to it because of when you think about, you know, radicalized movements, right? Like you think of just like the fear that it like it creates. So I want capitalism to feel fear, right? I want white supremacy to feel the fear, but yeah. also the origins and, and you know, Sonia Renee Taylor, the, the author of My Body's Not Apology, she speaks about radical self-love. So it's fully inspired by her and, and really like coming back to the roots, right? Like radical Latin meaning is like coming back to the roots, coming back to the the origins and, and how beautiful... Th- is that for self-care is truly coming back to yourself, right? Mm. Nobody else doing what you need to do. Um, And I love that it's such an umbrella because it could be literally anything. It could be saying no, it could be taking a nap. It could be decluttering your home, right? Like whatever makes you feel good because we've also been conditioned by the commodity of self-care that it needs to look a certain way. You need to have a bubble bath. You need to go on vacation, which is like, I love, traveling but there's a there's a form of escapism for there for that too right like yeah you're gonna get away but you're gonna come back to your shitty ass job (laughs) like so let's get to the root of why you need to escape right (laughs) 
A thousand percent. Also, I love travel too. Not surprising. Sagittarius, Sagittarius rising. Here we are. And it's so true. First of all, the commodification of self-care just pushes my buttons. I'm sure yours. And when we say Mm -hmm. that, we're really talking about being sold products and or ideas that make you think you have to do something different. Like you got to buy this eye cream. X, Y, Z that you need it. Exactly. You need it. And so your work is really about reminding people that actually you don't need those things. And you, you have know, everything. yeah, you, have yeah. Everything you already you know what you have. Exactly. I already know it's already within, <laughs> which like, obviously is why I was so excited to have you on return because it's all <laughs> yeah. about that coming back home to yourself. And yes. okay. My first query is under this umbrella of self-care because there's so many things that pop up when Mm -hmm. we go to really ask ourselves what we need and take care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Thank you all of the systems, which we're going to get into that. (laughs) But one of the things I notice in my clients, and I'm not sure if you notice this and the the folks that you work with too, but Mm -hmm. this, we call it people pleasing. I think that's circulating around the webs now. A lot of folks know what that means, but you talk about people pleasing in a systemic way. Yeah. Can you say more about that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, and I and I want to absolutely give credit to the folks like the clients that I serve and work with is that they, every session every day I work with them, they just really open up my eyes of just how much like more, right? So I think in in one of my sessions, I just recognized like they were doing they they huge huge progress in the individual. But then as the talk comes up, I'm like, oh, we're still people pleasing in systems. Mm. So it's like even a, a like a even more layered, right? And I hadn't thought about that. I didn't even con- really consider that until in that session while we're talking about it. So I yeah, it's so much inspiration and 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 data from the session. So. Which led me to to make that post because then there's like guilt and shame that comes from that when we're yeah. recognizing like, oh, I said no to a person, but then I feel like I can't say no to capitalism, right? Because I can hit, sit, sit here and be like, oh, just don't take that job, but also we need to survive, right? So it's then finding another layer of like, how can I then stop people pleasing the capitalistic system, which takes work. And I wrote that post very based on my own experience. So I was becoming much stronger in saying, no, I'm not going to take on an extra client, but I would work at home, right? I would do my notes at home. I would work, I would give free labor because instead of pushing back or pausing to be like, hey, like, why the fuck do I have so much that I can't do in 40 hours rather than looking at the systems? I was like, ooh, I'm dicking around too much. I'm taking too much time for lunch or my break. I need to push through more. I need a time management more. No, I was time managing just fine. It was they were asking way too fucking much of me. So my so that like it's not innate, but that automatic, right? Almost feels innate when things are so automatic. That automatic thing of let me push harder with me people pleasing the system to show Ah. my productivity ability and my like ability to be a clinician and handle my shit. 
yeah. So it's like, I'm going to show you how good I am at this. I'm going to be the most productive. And even if I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm setting my boundaries at work, you were noticing that it was still creeping in because you were participating and wanting to please that system and that structure, which of course we can't ignore it. <laughs> it exists. It's there. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. We live in a capitalistic world, but really what you're saying is you noticed yourself still people pleasing like like colluding yeah like still doing the system it took me a while to be like wait a motherfucking minute (laughs) like why is it so hard for me and then rather than be like oh it's because you're not trying hard enough it was like oh they're asking for too much right to even have that thought like I'm not people pleasing anybody because that means I'm resisting what this system was asking for me to do it's like you all of a sudden can give it back to the system rather than making it personal to you. And exactly, I see this all the time. I've absolutely done this 100%, which is making the meaning about me or my shortcomings or, oh, I like you were saying, I must not be managing my time well enough or I must just, I must be doing this thing when really it's like the system has set you up yeah to to fail to fail truly absolutely fail and to (laughs) keep participating within it Mm -hmm. what what would you say to someone who's listening to this because I could imagine myself at 28 and be like Mm -hmm. yep (laughs) this is me what would you say to someone then who's really resonating with like oh yeah I'm totally pleasing the system what should they do what's their first step I think what was kind of a grounding thing for me that helped me recognize that it wasn't just me and kind of very objective because I wasn't I wasn't as believe it or not outspoken and radicalized as I was back then my journey as a brand new therapist and social worker is what led me here because we I've been exploited right I've had the privilege of not being exploited for so so long Um, and this is also even in the military (laughs) I served seven years of active duty in the air force as a public health technician enlisted and I wasn't even there was exploitation but it was a different level exploitation in in the social work space but also that's where I found my like calling and my grounding right of the work so what helped me was like even sit like ask myself is this sustainable that helped Mm me it it, it allowed me to like microdose the like resistance against systems I was like is this sustainable for me what I'm doing because sometimes we have ebbs and flows right like of work sure yeah but every motherfucking day was 10 hours right extra like a day of doing horseshit (laughs) like it wasn't even client care that's what pissed me off it wasn't even Uh. client care it was documentation Okay, you just said so many gems there in like 30 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> was it the horseshit part? <laughs> it was absolutely the horseshit. I was like, yep, the horseshit. Got it. No, I, first of all, I absolutely hear that. I resonate with that so much. I'm an LPC, but still the mm-hmm. work I did right out of sure. master's was in-home family therapy and working. That's exactly what I did. I feel like it's a rite of passage. I've talked to so many <laughs> therapists. It's like, this is what you do. You Because the turnover is so intense, bro. I was only there for a year and I barely held on. 
I don't. I got to look at the. I think I made it 11 months. I (laughs) might have been. I might have rounded it up. It made me move states again. I was like, not only (laughs) do I not want to do this job, I left my apartment in Ohio, moved back to Colorado. I was like, see ya, gonna get my license back where I got my master's because this is absolutely not. Anyways, tangent. So the question you asked yourself is, is this sustainable? Mm -hmm. That is such a grounding question and really helps us do that U-turn to ourselves and say, oh, wow, is this something I can continue doing? And I imagine the answer for you was no, similar like it was for me, like, no, mm-hmm. this job is not sustainable. I don't know how. they The whole system in that line of work really needs to change and yeah. be supported to be different. And so when you said, no, this isn't sustainable, what was your next step? I really then had to be able to sit with it's not sustainable because to a high achiever and perfectionist, like that was heartbreaking, right? Yeah. Like heartbreaking. I was like, I can't do this and I can't sustain it. <laughs> it's like, no, bitch, you're not a machine. Like, stop it. And yeah. so really sitting with that and being like, okay, like I deserved to not like I deserve for it to be okay. Right. Sitting with like, it's okay that it's not sustainable because again, it's not my fault. It's not sustainable. So really looking at the system. So really like externalizing. So I had to be mindful of like, not asking myself, why can't I do this? You know, why can't I figure this out? Exactly. It was really like, what is happening? Why? Like, and I did ask, why can't I? And I would look and be like, oh, it's because like, I don't have time to do blah, blah, blah. Right. So then like, I was able to zoom out and be like, okay, it's a system. And then I asked, is this sustainable for me? And then, and then I had to sit with the discomfort of saying like, I can't do it all. That was my next thing for, for my perfectionism, people pleasing, high achieving ass was like, I can't do it all. And so that made me recognize like what parts of this job do I really like and I really fucking hate. And it was the documentation. I never complained to my managers about seeing too many clients. It was all of the other work that was like associated with it and meeting numbers. The hour quota. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So realizing that you didn't want to do all of it, nor could any really, truly no human can. Sorry. I know yeah, there's amazing sure. people out there and you just can't do it. It's the the, the yeah. deck is stacked against you. And that's what we're really highlighting here is it's not you, it's the system and mm-hmm. getting curious about what's going on for you yes. to help you make a different decision within that system. Yep. Yeah. And, and, oh my gosh, I mean, this could be even a whole nother episode of like the back and forth and my dramaticness of like when I decided to leave and why I didn't leave. Well, I, I, what led me to, to make that choice of leaving the job because there was so much like loyalty and internalized guilt and shame for leaving a job that, you know employees have because we feel so fucking indebted to them and then my partner was such a great space of like he's like bro they don't give a fuck about you (laughs) I was like you're right like because they don't look at how they're treating you like why are you loyal to them I was like I don't know (laughs) I know but this is really important because I've I'm imagining that people even outside of the therapy space are like even Mm -hmm. like super zoomed in lens of in-home family therapy and like that whole community 
are resonating with what you're saying, which is there is a certain loyalty that we can have to our employers or Mm -hmm. to things inside of systems. And it's really important to sit with that and examine that. And you had a supportive partner to be able to hold up a mirror and remind you of those things. Yeah. But it is completely a process to yeah go through that and to realize, yeah, wow, shit, they really don't care about me. Mm-hmm. Which is so interesting because it's such like a contradictory thing when we're in helping professions, right? They really bank on the loyalty and our like bleeding hearts that we have that that is is so insidious and perpetuated like nonprofit profit like and just corporations agencies honestly that i think it, we're starting to see so much more about because people are like really speaking up and resisting against and being like i see you like i see your ways and another thing that that another piece that really allowed me <laughs> and i made that was my first live ever that i made on my business account was when when it was like am I not self-caring enough and it was a like a red flag of when I needed to go so when I recognized this is not sustainable I had to make changes that you know I brought it to my my supervisor and she still like her like she's a lovely person but she's also a cog in the wheel too right so there's not so much like shit she could do but like literally the question was like okay well like are you oh because I was like I'm burning out like that I was telling her like this is not sustainable and she was like oh well like what self-care are you doing bitch I'm telling you now like I don't want to fucking do this this is my self-care like I have to do another thing Yeah. Let's talk about that question for just a second, because it's so important. Like, well, what self-care are you doing? Or I feel like in the corporate world, which I also dipped Mm -hmm. toe in for a quick second, the question is like, well, what's your work-life balance? Like, are you, you know, all these questions and well, hold on, hold on a second. What, what does self-care really truly mean? Are you saying that I'm not taking enough bubble baths and that's why I can't, <laughs> you know, manage this unsustainable caseload and no right. system? And not to mention, yeah, I won't get into like all of the ins and outs of that clinical work, but yeah. we need to hold that question. Yeah. I'm sure you have thoughts. Yeah, please. <laughs> and yeah, and and absolutely, and not and not even fucking entertain it, right? Because no. I would like, like, yeah, the work, like, oh, like she's like, do you need a better system? I was like, no, my system is point, like on point. Like I was like, no, my system is great. And doing this, this is it. Because they had us starting to document the shit, so it was like the you know whatever they wanted, like I could counter and I was. And also, I, I'm a sneaky ass bitch. Like I, I, I'm telling you, like I can't be in like agencies or companies because I, I revolt. I call, like I disrupt, like just naturally. Like I am, like, hey, are you feeling this? Yeah, okay, cool. It's not just me, and you can, I start shit. So this is why I have my own business because. Yeah, <laughs> um, and we we need that energy in this world, though, right? Because yeah, you went to the person that was responsible for you. You asked them a question, or you you told them yeah. what was going on. You said, "Hey, I'm burning out," and they, instead of getting curious about 
the system, right? what they could do, like the larger context, they essentially just pass the baton back to you and totally the responsibility back on you. What are you doing? Are you self-caring enough? Are right. you- and you had already gone through the process of asking yourself all of these really fundamental and important questions to realize mm-hmm. I this is not sustainable, period. I could take 10,000 bubble baths, do my little morning routine. Or breaks, right. Yeah, you can do all of those things. And if the system itself is not supporting yeah. you, you're basically beating your head against the wall. I mean, what is the definition of insanity doing the same thing and expecting a different result? Absolutely. And she, and she weaponized, uh, Oh, but so-and-so can do it. So-and-so has no goddamn kids is a single male and he's working 80 hours. So please tell me how he's doing in 40 hours, but nice try. Like, and I literally just said that I was like, no, he's not doing it in 40 hours. Like, he stays up hella late to do it and she had nothing to say I was like that's what I thought (laughs) like so then with that I started to then allow myself to fail and this was actually what I learned in the military and being okay with failing because that was another unsustainable system where that another level exploitation too is that they make you do with any company and agency right they they're like we got to do more with less how about we do none with less (laughs) for those listening Mao just gave us all the middle finger with that kind of energy so good it's listen if I had a dollar for I haven't worked at that many corporate companies but every time I hear the phrase we got to do more with less or I just want to scream already. I remember when I first started in the corporate world and they were like, okay, this is your job. And it's this, 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 and this, and the company wasn't a startup, but they were growing really rapidly. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, again, I was working like 12, 13, 14 hours. Mm Mm-hmm. Same questions as you. What's wrong with me? What's going on? What That person seems to be doing just fine. What What's going on with me? And I kept saying, you know, I'm not sure this is going to work. Well, they're doing it, Caitlin. Same mm-hmm. thing. So funny. The like gaslighting. systems are right. so similar across the board. And what I then realized was I, I wasn't making it hurt for them. I was, ta- I was making it hurt for me. I was taking yes. it on and just doing it. And so they didn't know that they needed to hire people to do right. it because I was doing it. So when, mm-hmm. guess what happened when I stopped doing it? <laughs> they hired three other people. Oh, wow. To start taking on those roles. And I'm not sitting here saying like, yeah, I did the job of three. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is companies, they are for them. They're not for you. They are for their bottom line, their profit, especially if they're public and they have shareholders. Yep. And so we've got to really start to ask ourselves all of these questions that you're on. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's like, and, and, I, and it goes so much deeper too of like, okay, what does it mean for me to fail? What does it mean for me to say I can't do it? Because there's a lot of pride, right? And especially depending on your family of origin and, you know, your generations of like what hard work means. But I think 
you know, in the work that I do with my, with the clients that I serve also is like unpacking that, right. Of, of like why your lineage had to work so hard. Right. And, and that started with me being able to unpack my, my, my family's background of them immigrating to the U.S. because of of genocide and that for survival, like literally survival and what they perpetuated onto me unknowingly, right? It was like work hard, make money because that that's truly how you had to survive. But then when I recognize, oh, that's not sustainable either. Like I don't live in that space anymore of like wanting to hoard money and capital. Like I want to be able to 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 sustain a whatever happy life is right and like fruitful and abundance and and so it's finding other things that is a like abundance for me that is just not monetary but it takes a lot of exploring and unpacking someone is listening to this I know that is resonating with what you're saying this how difficult that is to do how difficult that is to acknowledge, particularly when there's a lineage connection. In IFS, internal family systems, the type of therapy I do, we call it like a legacy burden, something that's coming passed down to you through mm. generations. What yes. would, what, how did Mao support Mao through this? What would you say yeah. to the person that's resonating and nodding their head and being like, okay, yeah, what should I do? Yeah, I think you know you mean like in like just starting just starting the journey and the process yes. like in, like inwardly. I mean, for for me to start doing the work, oh, I think what really helped me starting like to sit with finding me and returning to me. I literally I it's so funny cuz I saw like a <laughs> I saw a meme that one of my my favorite authors Stephanie Fu, she's the author of What My Bones Know. It's like healing complex trauma or complex PTSD and she was like the obligatory like I'm in therapy healing and it's like you know like those cute like letter boards it's like I am enough. And I was like rude <laughs> because I have that that I like put my own but it was literally letting myself know I am enough because a scarcity mindset it was something that and not just mindset right but scarcity like mind body and soul because of the the intergenerational burden and trauma that I've experienced I was on survival mode but that survival mode was always like what can I do more what can I do more what can I get to that was outside of my human design because I'm just I'm, I found ways to cultivate that but yeah. but in that like I'm gonna die if I don't <laughs> win an award right like high achieving co- came out of that so yeah I think I think just reminding myself like I am enough and I literally told myself that and I still tell myself that even if I don't fully embody it but just having that to come back to just to allow myself to pause is like yeah. just know that you are enough like regardless like capitalism patriarchy misogyny colonization tells you that you're not right that that's why commodification and things are being sold to us like you said ideas and and products so just like starting with i am enough and what do i need i think could help absolutely what do i need i've seen that question shift I'm talking major stuff in clients' lives when they just continue to ask that. And the I am enough, I love that because it allows us to really soak in 
and get that acceptance of just who we are in this moment. And Mm -hmm. there's a reason why it is a therapy cliche. It's damn good. (laughs) It is. And I find that it's very like neutralizing where, you know, the work, the work that I do with a lot of my folks, they don't come in like knowing that they have complex PTSD, but also like, that's a whole nother thing of like, what is complex. And again, like not to diagnose, right. But like, capitalism in the world in colonization has traumatized our systems right where we are now just and caitlin having this amazing podcast is like finding the return right we're returning back to us it's returning is is again unhooking from all those systems and figuring out what you need and so so when folks are so like caught up like you know hooked and spread thin from colonization and capitalism the other positive affirmations feel really really uncomfortable and also triggering right even the I am good enough I'm amazing I'm a bad bitch like a lot of folks that I work with can't sit with that yet and it triggers all the times they're not because capitalism or trauma has told them that they're not yeah so the I find that I I am enough like you said right in the moment is is really like really neutralizing so neutralizing for those people that are listening and they're like, oh, I I hear that and I, I know who Matt's talking about. That's me. I have a hard time. Where do they start? What can they do? Obviously, I think we both would probably recommend therapy and finding a therapist <laughs> that gets it. I mean, really yeah. gets it. What else would you say about that? Yeah, I think I think really allow like I think if if, you know if to not recommend therapy is like doing bot like somatic body work, right? Like 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 body based meditation, body based mindfulness practices, finding ways to ground yourself with land and nature has been a huge piece of reparenting me and like my my ancestor spirits because that's the return exactly what you're talking about Caitlin is like returning to roots even if you don't know what roots you want to return to like literally connecting with land because there's so much energy in land and nature that is again like we're separated on purpose from because even if we think about indigenous and not even like like turtle island north america indigenous but like european indigenous right because Mm -hmm. if we we think about like british folks are you know like british french like dutch like portugal or not dutch uh, portugal like like the colonizers sure but even like irish like celtic beliefs those have been complete like also very dismissed by christianity and catholicism you know those big religions because again it takes you're separating people from direct line to spirit and how powerful is that for the people to be able to connect with spirit that's where revolts happen that's where revolutions happen and you can't colonize powerful people right like you have to you have to colonize so you have to colonize people that that don't have the energy to do it so if you want to start like your own return, I think just connecting with the things that you makes you happy and like, and feel connected, like whatever, like really coming back to the connection to yourself. Absolutely. I love what you're saying here about ancestral healing, 
getting back to the land and being mindful of what's been taken for a lot of folks, what's Mm -hmm. been, I mean, there's so many layers within that. Can you share more about ancestral healing and what that might look like? Obviously we all people don't have come like somewhere the same <laughs> right ancestors and like you just said we all come from somewhere if someone is resonating with this where can they start with ancestral healing what yeah. is it how can they get curious what can they right. do yeah and and that's actually a lot of work that I do with my with the clients that come to me is like I you know they're either first second gen or I have you know white identifying clients and I still do the work with them right of like okay where where is your lineage one of the first things I ask my, so my partner is he's white European right so I'm like what you know what are you like I'm like I get asked that all the time I'm gonna bring it back to you what What are you you? where are you from (laughs) and he literally looked at me like white I was like where are you like where in Europe are you from (laughs) give us the percentage breakdown (laughs) exactly he's like I don't know you know and so that makes me think like also like like folks that come from like colonizer countries are also separated from identity too right so so I think just like being curious of like where did one two three generations come from just if that's where you want to start start there right like I was very lucky to have my dad very vocal and uh, he's such a beautiful storyteller so you tell me stories ever since I could remember Mm. about his time in Cambodia growing up even about the war I knew about the genocide since I was little and and why we were in the states why I was born in the states and I think that really helped me stay very connected to to my roots you know and I, I just realized a couple years ago that like growing up in diaspora is a huge thing too and a huge identity and that means you know diaspora is like in regards to like when you grow up in a a foreign land that is not your native like honestly a lot of us all of us right not like (laughs) like we're all in diaspora and, and that that is again more layers too but yeah I think for me when I when I thought about ancestral healing and how to start I think just like knowing where your lineage is even if you even if you can't like name the people but just know like just be curious of the history where where are your folks from where are their folks from and asking asking the questions too like with family yeah I'm just imagining someone sitting down and getting really curious about that and looking back and starting to ask questions and really getting stories there's so much healing and storytelling. There's so much yes. connection and storytelling. I was just watching your face like light up as you were talking about mm. how your dad shared about mm. your roots in Cambodia and all of those things. And so, so incredible to yeah. think about that. And it seems like a really doable first step. Even if you are clear, like, nope, I'm from Japan. I'm from, yeah. my answers are from Africa. They're from here. Even if it's crystal clear, you can still start to get curious and find those threads and figure out what is right. your story though within that larger yeah story. yeah absolutely and you know it's interesting too because that also would allow for like reconnection like one of my clients that I work with she 
she became very curious and then she started to ask the questions and then she asked her her grandmother like why didn't you tell us this before she's then her grandmother was like you never asked <laughs> it's like oh well I guess I was also a child <laughs> you know like <laughs> I was also seven and I wasn't gonna say hey grandma can you tell me about our roots and our lineage thank you very right. much yeah, and our all our ancestors but all as our- you know and then yeah and, and you know and then as like the person that had experienced the you know the immigration like it's again like in survival mode right just trying to get by so they forget their stories and I think it's such a reciprocal experience of hearing the story but allowing them to tell the story yeah yeah so healing I I'm watching the clock I know we are we have a tight deadline and I really want to get this question in because there's so much to say about this Talk to me about the idea of rest and Mm. rest as resistance because this falls so beautifully under radical self-care. Yeah. And I know that in sort of what we've explored today, I'm imagining, I'll speak from the eye, for me at the time when I was really people pleasing the system still, I really struggled with resting as well. Same. Yeah. And that was a big thing was for me too, is like when I, when I, you know, the, the layers of how I learned to, to really find myself and return myself was like recognizing like what burnout looks like for me. So, so I think that's, you know, another space to explore, but yeah, for rest as resistance is such, has been such a beautiful movement and Trisha Hershey, is the nap ministry on Instagram and her book, the rest is resistance. Mm -hmm. Love, love the message and the movement that she's doing because it like, you don't, you don't see that as like people with privilege, right? I have the privilege to be able to be able to say like, I don't want to, right. It became a choice for me that I was overworking. Right. But to think about my ancestors that were at the hands of, genocide and labor camps they couldn't rest they had to work till the bone into death Mm. rest that I do now is also honoring my ancestors like they didn't bust their ass and survive genocide for me to overwork for capitalism like the fuck so that really helped me (laughs) I'm laughing because I'm just imagining I'm wearing some memes I've seen of my ancestors didn't do this so I could just Please, like, there's so many good things out there on the internet about all of Right, that. right. So that was something that really helped ground me is like, okay, it's hard for me to, like, sit because I have so much of my own internalized shit. So let me rest for my ancestors. Let me honor my ancestors by resting. Honoring. There's, there's so much beautiful connection and honoring that you do in your work and what you guide your clients through. And... That's what I'm really noticing as you're talking is like, we can honor these aspects of ourselves and these different movements that are happening within the larger culture, which thank goodness for that. I mean, Mm -hmm. even 10 years ago, maybe I wasn't as open to it or as available to notice, but I feel like there's been bigger shifts happening over the last several years to these For sure. movements, which is really important. I know this is, will be our last question. I'm wondering, 
someone's just listened to this whole episode and they're like, all right, yes. First of all, I want to go work with Mal, which we're going <laughs> to let you know all the ways you can do that. <laughs> and secondly, where does one start if they are like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm curious about this. I'm curious about rest. I'm curious mm. about ancestral healing. I'm curious about this people pleasing that I might be doing in the system. And I don't know where to start with mm, any of mm-hmm. this. What would, yeah. what would we say? What would they, what would you say? Where would they start? <laughs> yeah, I, I would say, in, honestly, Instagram has been such a pivotal space for my, my own journey and work and radicalization and in learning and networking. So I think like, finding the specific and and knowing that there is like amazing folks on there so like if like just being open right I think that's the first space is like being open to the information and seeing what you really connect with and where you want which way you want to go I'm just gonna name drop a bunch of folks that I follow that I really love and learn from but you know like I work one-on-one with Dr. Aisha Khan. She's an abolitionist and anarchist and infectious disease doctor. And her like work is is bridging social justice and science and, and making it more inclusive and like research and really divesting from like capitalism, internal capitalism. So she's at Woke Scientist. And she really helped me. She's really helping me tap into my art, like creative space, Ooh, like really inspiring yes. me to start writing. And I know, Caitlin, we talked a little bit about that. And like that just really like already gives me like the tingles to like start doing like the creative space and doing it for me, right? Like not doing it to put out to the audience as much as I love the audience, but like doing it for me. And if I want to share, then I'll share. So because there's a commodification that happens also in our like hobbies too, that, you know, a whole nother thing. (laughs) A thousand percent. And it is something I'm exploring right now too, of like, I can just make this. I bought finger yes. paints recently because that's what my inner child wanted. And I'm like, I can just make this and create this because I want to make it and create it. Doesn't mean I have to sell it or share it or anything. And it just, yeah. and I can look at it. And so that's so that. cool. And I think something that's so tangible for folks is like, yeah, just go get curious out there on Instagram, out there on the internet mm-hmm. and start to follow people that make you feel good and spark these conversations and bring up these ideas and really trust yourself that you're going to then find your person and your pathway. Right. Into that. In the community. Yeah. And that's another piece that I haven't talked a lot. Yeah. I haven't talked much about, but yeah, like just finding that collect collective care and community that, that, really sparks your interest and 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 help your journey and I'll, like don't do it alone like it does doesn't mean you have to do it with a therapist or a coach but like like find a network and a community that that you can do it with because again that that is resistance right there is so much revolutionary work done in community and and not individually because that that is a byproduct of what capitalism capitalism and colonialism has done to us is separating us to just these siloed experiences yes community collective care we're gonna have you back on because we need to dive into all of that so be prepared to be back now we'll definitely be back so tell everyone where they can find you how could they work with you what are you what have you got going on that people yeah. be interested in. 
Thank you. Yeah. So I am definitely on Instagram. I'm pretty, you know, I'm there just talking shit and dropping some stuff <laughs> that's hopefully helpful. All of it's helpful. I feel like I respond to you all the time. Like, yep, 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 all the time. You're so sweet. I appreciate that. And please, like, hit me up. Like, I love interacting with folks. So I'm at Mao Beckett underscore Reset Resilient. My website is linked on there, resetandresilientwellness.com. I am taking on folks for one-on-one work in the either coaching, which means I'm open worldwide, or therapy space. I'm EMDR trained. So like if you're interested in that that type of modality, I'm I'm trained in that. Uh, and then I am launching, if I may, launching you my may. podcast. Yeah, my solo podcast. I'm I'm planning no promises. April time is a construct. So I don't know. Time is a construct <laughs> and you do you. You'll launch it when yeah. it feels right. Appreciate it. So yeah, so this one. So I actually already have my like I have a duo. It's a true crime forensic psychology. It's and a so socio- fun. Also, you got to yeah. listen to that one too. It's so good. That one's mi- millennial therapist podcast with Mao Neo and that like we look at like crime true crime, but with two social workers. And so this one is a solo one. And it's it's more of just talking about liberation, community, collective care, and just exploring. So that's called Hold Up, Wait a Minute. And Such that a good will name. be included. Thank you. And I will <laughs> drop all of these links for Mal Thank in you. our show notes. And if you're a therapist listening to this and you want to leave insurance, speaking of leaving the system, Yes. Mao and I with another colleague are running a group program to help you do that. So stay tuned for more on that as well. Mao, I know we got to go. It's always such a pleasure to just chat with you. I have the best time. Thanks for coming. Always. And you'll be back. Yay. Yes, I will. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Return. Don't forget to share this episode with your friends. And if you leave a review, five stars, I would be forever grateful.